Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcheseau, 42 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Wallace on the Homestead, Millard and Justice inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Woo! Always a different tone when Justice is in, right from the woo, right on through, <laughs> just a different approach to the program. Uh, how are we all doing? Uh, Nerves uh, coming back to to steadying points, or are you still a little frayed after the overtime game yesterday? How 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 do you react yesterday, Nair Wallace? I didn't. I mean, I'm I'm not going to overreact to to a game. I I tried as as best I could to be the voice of reason on the post game show last night, and let me tell you, Darren. Ten phone calls, a new record on the extended post-game show, and I will just say this. There is concern among this fan base right now, and then you've got uh, some – You've got some uh, – listen, you've got some, some absolute gems, specifically Rita. Rita is not to be messed with. That's no, all I've got. No, no, Rita's, uh, Rita's right at the front of my uh, most appreciated list, uh, but – it is one game, and uh, you, I like. I left that game last night quite content with how they played. I was pleased physically. Uh, they they made several deposits Ew. into the into the bank when it came to pounding and hurting and uh, just uh, being uh, in the face of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, chances certainly uh, could I be looked at in, in in a couple of different ways in the sense of of overall shots. Yeah, Vegas controlled that and certainly carried the play in the first part. But quality chances, those grade A chances, the slot area chances uh, were in the favor of the Minnesota Wild. But uh, I, I thought Vegas did a nice job getting the puck to the net. Uh, where they need to be better is is a presence there to either tip pucks or disrupt uh, the eye line uh, of Cam Talbot or just create more chaos, more scrums, more uh, kerfuffles in front of the net. Make sure you're whacking and hacking uh, in front of the net. I didn't I didn't see enough of that, but the overall game, I was quite pleased with. So like where I'm at, right? Like, I don't think that Vegas played poorly, but I think that you, you look at the key area in this series and it's right in front of the net, both defensively and offensively for the golden Knights. And, you know, you, you look at the goal that was scored and for the Minnesota wild, whatever reason this season against the golden Knights, it feels like every puck that makes its way to the front of the net with traffic when Minnesota is on offense, finds its way to a Minnesota Wild stick. It just kind of finds their players in front of the net. 
for the Golden Knights. There were plenty of opportunities last night where Vegas took the puck to the front of the net, and they either, by way of a wraparound, threw it back into the slot, and there were players there. It just never seemed to connect with anything dangerous for the Golden Knights. So as long as there's a willingness to continue to go there and continue to create that havoc, uh, you've got to seek out those pucks when they're lying around, and that's where the Golden Knights need to improve in Game 2 and beyond. They lost by a goal, and I understand you're not saying this, that uh, you're paraphrasing the reaction from the post-game show. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. paraphrasing uh, some of the conversations that I've had in and around uh, the the, the city. Uh, I was at the Henderson Silver Knights game last night after the VGK game and talked to several fans uh, at the Orleans Arena and went over the game. Uh, They've given up one goal in the series. And you you controlled <laughs> half the game predominantly the first half of the game. Minnesota uh, was was better, just like the Colorado game on Monday. The other team is going to have its own little run, and, and, and Minnesota did. But uh, just from an overall perspective, uh, this wasn't the case where the Wild came out and beat you four one. Uh, this wasn't uh, an area where you played so poor defensively that you were chasing your tail uh, throughout the game. Uh, this was a strong game. If you scored the winning goal, uh, and I love how we're so focused on the result, and and the result is very important. I'm not trying to discount that. Uh, if if the result is the same tomorrow night, uh, I'll probably have a lot more urgency uh, to to this sermon uh, than than I will right now. But if the score was reversed yesterday afternoon how do you think people would describe that game uh that that occurred at t-mobile arena that's a prototypical playoff win right that is is a game in which you've got a battle it's a game in which you've just got to find a way to scrap and get a goal and win a game because that's the playoffs and everything is harder in the playoffs and they controlled the game a lot more they they sure. played from a puck possession standpoint, and puck possession isn't the end all be all either. Uh, I had a great conversation today with Mike Kelly. Do you know Mike Kelly uh, from from social media? It's Mike Kelly NHL uh, is his handle. He does a lot of work on the NHL network uh, and uh, represents the uh, analytical firm Sports Logic. Uh, yep. So uh, Mike and I had probably a 45-minute conversation on the record uh, on the Chirp podcast, and then we talked for another 20 minutes off it. And, and it was interesting how analytic will change your, your opinion of a game. So Mike said, just because you force uh, a, a lot of shots doesn't mean you're outplaying uh, the opposition. Uh, just because uh, you uh, are coming away with uh, puck possession doesn't mean you're you're outplaying the opposition. He actually looks at puck possession in in zone. Uh, if it's a high number for a team on the offensive side, he looks at that as playing good defense from the opposite side. Like a totally <laughs> different slant than I than I ever looked at it. He also yeah. uh, informed me that teams that outshoot the opponent lose more times than they win, which I still have to double check that because I have a hard time believing that. Jared Justice was right or right on the money with the the analytics side of this. What was your opinion on that? That you shoot more because you're behind. Yeah. So he, as as much as it scares me, 
Jared Justice appears to be on the. Uh, I told him not to even bring. I, I told him not to bring this up because I have a reputation. I can't be right on the radio. I want to give you credit here. So, Don't! I so, asked you not to. You're you're too you're too logical in this situation, right. Justice. That's why it works. I literally just laughed at what are you saying? The word hard. <laughs> the the there's two <laughs> ways. The eye test and the analytics say two yeah. different things about yesterday when I when Darren Millard analyzed the game. The eye test tells me they played a really good game. I hope to God you were using your own eye test. Well, sometimes I will pick up the Somebody wrong pair of glasses. I have put in. Uh, I, oh, I, I have worn, believe it or not, my wife's contacts on occasion. No way. Yep. No way. And and gone through the whole they day. They let you drive. And and wondered and and we <laughs> we don't have the same prescription. But I thought it was one of those things if you where you did it would be our contact lenses, yeah. not. Hers and hers, mine. Hers. And and I am borderline legally blind. Oh, I am legally blind. And so that uh, makes sense. So I but I was I I was looking through my own eyes at yesterday's game and the eye test told me Vegas played really well. I was really happy. The analytics, when you think of what, what Mike talked to me about today, was well, in zone zone time can be a detriment. Uh, and be more of a compliment to the other team. Uh, just because you have a lot of shots doesn't mean uh, that you're outplaying the opposition. Uh, he said 8-4 were the slot shots in favor of the Minnesota Wild yesterday. So that yeah. gives you an idea of the quality chances. Now, uh, we, we, we can look at that and know that because Marc-Andre Fleury uh, had five gold saves, like 10 bell saves, compared yeah. to what's the most memorable save by uh, Cam Talbot yesterday. The most memorable save from Cam Talbot was, uh, I, I would guess, it was a cross-seam pass from Marcia to Carlson. Cam Talbot had to come across, and I think he got a shoulder on it. But besides that, it was mm-hmm. a, essentially pucks into the chest, more or less. Or kicked out by, by his pads and his butterfly. And, and I went yeah. with a left butterfly save uh, off his left leg. But nothing that you would go, wow, he robbed them. There wasn't one point... Yesterday, where Cam Talbot said, where we looked at that and went, he robbed him. Mark Stone on the on the mini breakaway, close mm-hmm. as you get, where he yeah. where he went backhand forehand. So that's that's another way where eight four in high danger shots. The analytics say Minnesota was much better than the eye test, but with it when it's a one goal separation, one nothing game, which is the easiest way to to ever. Uh, conduct this experiment. How do you look at that game if the Golden Knights score in overtime as opposed to the Minnesota Wild? And I would dare say that it's a much different conversation than has taken place for the last 17 hours uh, around town because we're so caught up in the result. Well, and and I think with... with you know, fairness to to everyone that's kind of caught up in it. it the results really right now are, are all that matters. Like, obviously the process has to be good. For the Golden Knights, you want them to continue to play strong hockey. But, you know, right now at this stage of the season, everything that matters is result. Like, result is, is the most important because if you have, a, if you have three more results that, that don't necessarily match up with the process, then it's not a good thing for the Golden Knights. So, uh, 
one hand, I'm not going to sit here and overreact to one game, especially a game in which I think the Golden Knights played well enough to win. And, and I agree with what I heard mostly today from, from Pete DeBoer and the players is that, you know, could they have won? Sure. Did they do enough things to win in that game? Absolutely. But it's not like they were robbed last night of a win by the Minnesota Wild. For me, going into game two, the result certainly matters for the Vegas Golden Knights. You don't want to go to Minnesota down 0-2 in a series. So quite frankly, the, the, the process means a lot to me, but the result has to change on Tuesday for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's funny because the result yesterday wasn't as important to me. The result tomorrow is significant because sure. of the 0-2 and possibility or 1-1, and then you go to, to Minnesota. And then if it's 1-1 and you go to Minnesota, the result is a little more important than game one, but not the be-all, end-all because of the, the, the possibility of only being down one game. So it's almost the, the timing and I don't want to get into almost the semantics side of it, but sure. the, it's like the result in game one, I don't put significant value on it. I put uh, very much uh, a lot of attention on how you play and the process. And physically, I, I'd ask Shane 90 today, when does, when does the physical toll start to have an impact on a series? He said game three or four. Okay. Yeah. So if, if if you can win tomorrow night, then you're in a good spot. You're going into game three and four, where if you can, t- can carry over the physical uh, uh, presence that you had in game number one, then you're going to start to have an impact. So uh, it, a seven-game series is, is very different than these uh, best of fives that we saw last year in the bubble or these two game series that we saw this year. And it's, it's hard to convince yourself. It's even harder to convince the audience that it's not all doom and gloom, even though you did lose. And, and part of the doom and gloom, Ryan, quite frankly, mm-hmm. is because of the history yeah. between these clubs. And I, I, oh, do, sure. I, I wipe it clean. I did wipe it clean. I had a conversation with my boss yesterday uh, between the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights game, and, and I was telling uh, my boss, like, I, I think they played great. I, I, and, and as I'm saying this, I'm like, I, like, am I trying to convince myself? Am I trying to convince him? No. I really do believe that they played a good hockey game yesterday. You want to change some things? Yeah. But that result yesterday is diminished by how they played. I watched specifically. Did you get pucks through? Yeah, they got pucks through. Uh, were they able to control the puck and uh, and get through the neutral zone? They did a pretty good job of that. Did they give up much? Uh, some grade A chances, but your goaltender was spectacular, which is what your goalie is supposed to do. Uh, they they didn't get hemmed in their zone. Like There was a lot to like about last night or yesterday. The result, though, wasn't there. Tomorrow, if the same thing happens, the timing of it, I'll have a much more urgent tone. So let me let me ask you this, because in in terms of going back to the bubble, and and 
I think that where a lot of frustration probably comes from is the fact that the Golden Knights didn't score, right? Like right. that's kind of yep. where I think a lot a lot Fair. of the frustration is. And you go back to the bubble, the Golden Knights weren't able to score with the regularity that you would expect them to score with. The question that I have is when you go back and you remember the series against Dallas, do you feel like the Golden Knights were outplayed in that series at all? The, the concern that I think a lot of people have is the Golden Knights process could be really good. They could go into these games and dominate in terms of possession. They can find ways to, to play really, really well. But if they can't score, even if they outplay the other team, the possibility is real that they might lose a series even though they play well. Last year is so far removed from my memory. Sure. You you are a big fan of of uh, talk telling me that my thoughts my words have no impact on the game, and yes. as, like as a superstition, as as a person that uh, that looks at the, the the spirit world, like saying shutout uh, is not going to affect whether or not the the Golden Knights have a blank sheet. Yeah, we we laugh yeah. and joke about that all the time. So if 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 that's the case then last year in the bubble has no carryover to what's happening right now with this team. Uh, you cannot look oh, at something that, that occurred. You, you can't look at something that happened nine months ago and say, it's happening again. You can't. No, that's, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I, I think that the collective frustration from, from what you're getting out of this fan base is that there was a series that this team played in which you could make the argument they played better than the opposition and they lost. And and I can understand the unease after game one of this series in which the Golden Knights played well enough to win. They didn't score. And now all of a sudden you're kind of in that feedback loop where the last time that you played well in a series and didn't score, you lost. I don't buy it. That's what you don't buy? I don't buy it. Ridiculous. What are you going to chime in on here? Nothing. Nothing. You've, been, you've no, been, no. been waving your arms. You've been sighing and you've been. Because what <sighs> you just said was ridiculous as far as like, oh, I don't believe that this. It, if your car has a like has a leak and you just never fix it, you can't be surprised that the leak comes back up again. You can't just be like, well, it's been nine months. Why would the leak still be a problem? That's a manufactured element. This is the human element. Like we we don't believe in game to game carryovers in a lot of uh, levels. Why, why would we it, think that there's any influence? Why would we I, go here? We go again from something that happened nine months ago, ten months ago. I'm I'm not arguing that there's carryover in terms of the team. What I'm arguing is that there are fans who will watch that game last night or yesterday, whatever, and they will say, that to me looks a lot like what I saw out of Vegas against Dallas. Fair. There are fans that are going to say that, and they're going to say, you know what, nothing's changed. And and that's an overreaction to one game, and, and I'm right there in terms of that being an overreaction, but I think that more more to do with it being against Minnesota, I think it's because of the last few playoff games that the Golden Knights had in which scoring has been an issue that 
that is where you're getting a lot of these these uneasy feelings and this frustration from this fan base. That's Fair. where I, I think I, it's stemming from. I thought they played better yesterday than against Dallas in the bubble. Like in, in the sense of getting pucks to the net. Actually getting pucks through to the net. Certainly yeah. they, they did a better job than than they uh, accomplished against the Vancouver Canucks where they just stacked it up. Uh, and, and part of that is the, the play of Petrangelo, the play of uh, Martinez. And did anybody see that coming? I didn't. Uh, Martinez. Martinez flying in with his cape on and, and, and playing. <laughs> so uh, there, there's parts of the game that I saw and was conscious of early about how effective they were going to be to get pucks to that crease area, to the net. Um, now, there, there's a whole nother level uh, to this because, um, like, scrums and, and battles for loose pucks in front of the net, that has to be... Like we have to we have to see that over and over again instead of one or two times in a game. You have to be able to to be whacking and 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 looking and hunting for loose pucks and pushing and jostling. You have to have more of a presence there. You, <laughs> what else can you do out there? Just find more words. jumping, jumping. Uh, you you have to be having more of a presence there. There was not nearly enough of that, uh, but. On the other side, uh, I, I thought that you can be pleased with with how they played. I'll I'll give them that. Tomorrow night, if it doesn't change, the whole feeling around this series is going to be altered in a big way, and and I'll be willing to to admit uh, uh, to some some difficult feelings. But I I refuse to buy in on on one game, one way or the other. And until I see how this team responds. And, and over the course of history, if we're going to link history to this team, they've mm-hmm. responded really well. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you, you look at game twos after a loss for the Golden Knights, they've come back and they've won every single time. So I, I'm I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that, that that game is an indicator of how this series is going to go. I personally look at game one and I say, you know what? You put yourself in a position where you get a bounce, you can win the game. Yeah. And for the Golden Knights against the Minnesota Wild specifically, like that's a team that plays them hard. They're fairly evenly matched, and there's a lot of balance to the Minnesota Wilds lineup. The fact that you were in a position that late in the game to still get the win is a credit to Marc-Andre Fleury and his goaltending, but it was also a credit to the Golden Knights mostly cleaning up the middle of the ice in front of their own net. There were certainly rebound second opportunities for Minnesota, but I thought the Golden Knights did a better job in that game yesterday of clearing out the front of the net as opposed to what we've seen throughout mm. this season against Minnesota. That is a positive for me. I Now, go ahead. I was just going to say, like when you talk about one and dones, the Golden Knights had too many, too many of those. I agree. On, on Cam, Cam Talbot. But, but the Minnesota Wild... Just, just as many one and dones. Mark Andre yeah, Fleury and, and company did a great job uh, with that with that blue line. No, I agree one hundred percent, and I think that that was a that's a point of emphasis for the Golden Knights in this series. Do not allow the Minnesota Wild to beat you off of rebounds in the slot. And you know the fact that we're really not talking much about Kirill Kaprizov is a very good sign. It's a positive for the Golden Knights. He wasn't super dynamic in the game on on Sunday and mostly kept in check. So there were a lot of positives to pull out of game number one. The the only thing is. 
before you write a series off, let's take a look and see how they're going to respond. I think the Golden Knights are going to come out on Tuesday with a little bit of a different look and, and some, some answers to at least the scoring uh, the scoring issue that they have because they've got to find a way to to shake the confidence of Cam Talbot. And if they're able to do that in game two, then buckle up because I think we're in for a long series. I have a theory about what happened with the Golden Knights yesterday. I'll share that with you next, and we'll also get into our ratings uh, for game number one against the Minnesota Wild. But I mean, I'm getting texts right now from from somebody in the room. And I'm in the room with one other person. And that other person is telling me to take a break. I told you to take a break at 25. It's not even 24. Well, I'm going to take a break now because I'm feeling pressure. All right? Like, I'm, I'm not feeling any pressure in the series, any angst in the series. The most uh, discomfort I'm feeling at this point emotionally is from Jared Justice sending me texts saying, break. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Officially, it is day three of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Unofficially, it's day three of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Three games uh, on the slate tonight. Bruins and Capitals, Predators, Hurricanes, and Blues and the Avalanche. The Bruins and Capitals is game two of their set in which the Washington Capitals won in overtime in game number one with two goaltenders. Remember we were talking about uh, Craig Anderson last week yep. and, and yep. that, that he hadn't played at all? <laughs> And the fact that they uh, they had uh, one goaltender that was uh, uh, sidelined for both uh, disciplinary and uh, COVID uh, reasons, and and all of a sudden the the thirty nine year old guy ends up in the net. Oh come on! Like that's probably the best thing that ever happened to the Capitals because we all know Craig Anderson has another magical run left in him. The, the Capitals, the start of playoffs. And and goaltending rotation and weird things happening with goalies yeah. goes back yeah. years, like a it decade. Does. Oh, actually, come to think of it, it goes back uh, a couple of decades uh, to the the eighties and nineties when Pete Peters and and Bob Mason uh, they were jostling back and forth, and uh, the the Bruce Boudreau era with Jose Theodore, and then you get into Braden Holpe, the year that uh, the Washington Capitals won the cup. Uh, I, I just mentioned that as the year the Washington Capitals won the cup, and uh, Philip Grubauer started the first two games and and then was replaced, and and now this is one of the more uh, unique areas with uh, with. Washington having to change goaltenders early on in the game and put a 39-year-old in. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening with Boston and Washington, as well as the opener between uh, Nashville and the Carolina Hurricanes. The Blues against the Avalanche, that one is also interesting uh, with some uh, some lineup uh, decisions that have to be made for the St. Louis Blues uh, because of uh, injury and COVID as well. But I have a theory on what happened yesterday for the Vegas Golden Knights. And Ryan, just bear with me on this one. Okay. So much of the Stanley Cup playoffs is predicated on emotion. And you have to keep your emotions in check is one of the mantras that we hear. I think in in a lot of respects yesterday, the Golden Knights, while they thrive off the emotion of the fortress and they they embrace that, you also have to spend some energy in trying to keep calm and keep even keeled. And... And sometimes it can just tip over to the other side. Now, I'm not saying they, they didn't perform uh, up to 
what we expected with uh, with the offense to burn. Like 20 times this year, this team scored five goals in a game or more. Uh, so being shut out is is a significant accomplishment and and a significant event. But uh, I, I think they may have tried to shed some of that that emotion to try and stay within the the framework of the game. Tomorrow night, I think that goes out the window. Tomorrow night, I, I think I think you see tomorrow night a team that's going to come out on fire and blitz you and and play with all, not unbridled emotion, but pretty close to it. You don't want to take penalties, but you you certainly want to be closer to the line emotionally than what we saw yesterday. Is that fair? I I mean I think it is to to a degree. I, I think that the the Golden Knights can certainly bring a, a little bit more just in terms of of their game uh tomorrow on Tuesday. I I, I don't know again like I look at game one, I don't think that Vegas played a bad game by any stretch. I, I think that they played a perfectly fine playoff game. But, you know, I, I think that there was maybe a little bit left on the table just in terms of what you wanted to see, especially with that building as fired up as it was. But, you know, when you look at a guy like Mark Stone, your leader, your captain, he's the type of player that, that thrives off of that type of emotion. So if there's any type of conserving of that energy – then I think it, it probably takes away a little bit from, from what Mark Stone does that separates himself from everybody else. So um, I, in terms of your point, in terms of what you think you're going to see from Vegas on Tuesday, I'd love to see this team go out there and play the first 10 to 15 minutes on, on nothing but uh, emotion and energy and, and really trying to set a tone and a standard with which they're going to push around the Minnesota Wild It'll be interesting for me to see what the opening of Game 2 looks like for the Vegas Golden Knights. Stone, I don't worry about. The Carrier unit with, with Ryan Reeves and whoever happened to be skating with them at the time because they he those two just pull everybody uh, along, don't worry about. Everybody else, I'd like to see a bit more. And that that's about all I can ask for beyond the obvious. And I want to see goals. But but from just a pure participation of what you do inside those whistles, uh, I would like to see more feisty, more emotion, more take it take yourself to the battle instead of waiting for the game uh, to to present itself uh, an opportunity. That's that's the only thing, and and there's there's getting caught up in the emotion, and that's not a good thing either. And I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Although, have you ever tried to talk about through both sides of your mouth? Like it's kind of, no. it's my, kind of hard. My mouth just one one big hole. One big hole because it's <laughs> like it's it's a weird expression to me to cry to yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's another I'm good line to, right I, there. I, I'm trying to find any you're, of your guys' imaging right now, and I'm not doing well. So your uh, your drop-ins have been right on the money today. So I just uh, I tomorrow push the pace a little bit emotionally, set the bar emotionally, and and I think those those uh, battles in front of the net will happen organically uh, as opposed to what we saw yesterday. Uh, do you want to do ratings uh, from That's yesterday? True. That's what I was asking, guys. Where do you know what that would be labeled? I'm looking for any sort of sound effects or anything. Well, that, my friend. <laughs> 
sound Jared, effects. You're you're, you're do you funny. think they've slayed the dragon and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some some supper? That would take what what would what would go into creating sound effects? Okay, all right. So here's the deal. Just ask okay. your producer to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. Stop. Listen, um, we will get a rating systems soundbite or a rating systems open probably middle of next season. Mm-hmm. Would be my best guess. It's in the queue right now, Jared. All right. There's a lot of there's a lot of other things that are taking precedence over, you know that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Can sorry, run- I'll I'll stop. All Can right. you run down that list of things again, Ryan? Okay, so our rating system is very <laughs> scientific. It's right. obviously, it, yes, um, it is. It is obviously uh, the way that we have judged games all season long, and instead of going with Picasso's, we're going with art, but a little bit different scale. The worst possible game that you could have, or the lowest scored game you could have, is a stick figure. A Above a stick figure is an ink blot. Right in the middle is a finger paint. Above average is a wine and paint and a nearly perfect game. The type of game that you want to see every single night is a Bob Ross. That is how we do our rating system. One, two, three, four, five. It, Yes, one, two, three, four, five, and so for me, like I, I look at that game, and, and I'm like right in the middle. I'm I'm right at a at a finger paint. And again, it, it's not because I I I don't think they played worse than a finger paint, right? Like I, I think that this was one of those games where the Golden Knights played well enough to win. But I, I also think that it was a, a one of those games where a little bit more urgency, a little bit more creating your own luck in front of the net, and you do win that game. So for me, it's something left on the table. Marc-Andre Fleury was excellent, and, and when I say excellent, I mean just absolutely exceptional in that goal, making not one, not two, but five grade A key saves. Yeah, you... you, you, Jared speaking to you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Put it this way. We had had four highlights last night from the game, three of which were Marc-Andre Fleury saves. Like, that just gives you an indication of how dialed in he was. Um, I'm right in the middle. It's a finger pain. I'm with you. They, They can... They can do better in, in game number two, and I expect that they'll be better against Minnesota in game two. How surprised were you that Alec Martinez skated out? Uh, completely, like 100%. I, I was not expecting it. Obviously, I was paying very close attention to warm-ups as Vegas came onto the ice, and, and I was checking the boxes off of Tomas Nosek. I was checking the boxes off of Patrick Brown. I was checking the boxes off of Ryan Reeves, and all of a sudden I see Alec Martinez, and that to me was the most significant in terms of players coming back from injury for the Golden Knights. How did you th- think that uh, that he played? I thought he was fine. I, I mean, you know, a couple of uh, big block shots. Uh, you... You know, you saw him activate on the power play. There were a couple of, of moments where he was in and around the net on the power play. I thought Martinez was fine, and, and I think that he's going to get better as the uh, as the series wears on. What about Tomasz Nosek? Uh, yeah, with with Nosek, he just seemed out of sync with his line mates, specifically with Stevenson and Stone. I thought he was better with Carrier and Reeves as the game wore on, but... You know, it's a it's a big ask for a guy coming into a situation where he hasn't played in a long time to go in and and be on the top line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. You know, it's a it's a situation where you hear over the years that some guys are easy to play with and some guys have uh, have challenges uh, when you put somebody else in. Like Sid, Sid has always been a tough guy to play with. 
finding right. the finding the right fit to play with Sid has been uh, almost a, a career long search. Uh, it's it's not like Gretzky and and Curry where boom it works you're you're off to the races. Uh, this this scenario with Stone and Stevenson, uh, it it's tough to replace one of those uh, one of those two guys, whether it's Pacioretty or Stone, and and have an effect on on the game. Uh, Janmark, uh, I, I thought has shown signs, but you're you're not getting the production out of Janmark, so you make a change, you go somewhere else. Uh, Tuck provides little bursts, but uh, like two speedsters and and Stone almost counteracts the in a weird way. Uh, it, it throws off the rhythm uh, of the line, and and yep. Nosek I I like, but. He doesn't have uh, enough of right now. Certainly, maybe when he was on his hot streak, enough of uh, an offensive closet to to be able to pull out uh, the the different weapons and, and be able to make them work. So that that is would be uh, if you're talking to lineup concerns right now. The, uh, yeah. It's great to have Martinez back. That's that's awesome. Nosek gives you you depth. Certainly worked. Reeves physically is is putting uh, making deposits right now that you're going to cash. Uh, out and make withdrawals all on in games three and four, but the Max Pacioretty factor at this point is is significant enough that you can point to and say it it not only do you miss Pacioretty and that presence and that shot and that ability to score, but it has an adverse effect on Stone and Stevenson with who they're putting in there. Well, one hundred percent, and you know you. You kind of talk about two two speedsters with Mark Stone, and and you know when you look at Max Pacioretty and, and really the the physical brand of hockey that he'll play, he will engage, he will be a pain in the butt to play against on that line, but you also know that the speed of Chandler Stevenson, the vision of Mark Stone, and the finish of Max Pacioretty is really what makes that such a good line. So for the Golden Knights, if you're without Max Pacioretty again on Tuesday. You've got to find a way to put somebody in that spot that that brings some of those same qualities as Max Pacioretty, and and you know you start kind of looking throughout the lineup for the Golden Knights. I think Matthias Yamar can play on that line, sure, but the the player that I think I'm describing is Jonathan Marchessault, right? Like that's a guy that that's going to be scrappy. He's going to be hard to play against, and you know that he's going to shoot the puck if you give him an opportunity. Are you? How much do you think, or is it even a realistic possibility, that Pete DeBoer makes a bit of a change there to get more offense with Marcheseau up with with Stevenson and Stone? So you guys just don't even talk about when a dog's going ballistic in the background? (laughs) No, no, it's, it's always me. It's always me. Listen, I, I have learned to ignore a lot of dog sounds. Um, Okay, I'm just saying we got to lean into the skid, man. <laughs> just ignore it. No, you were, no you were making a great point that was being severely undercut by the fact that you're... That's, I, I don't that's know. my dog, literally every day. Every time I make a good point in hockey, in general life, all of it. <laughs> Sparks right through it every time. <laughs> that, that's, every uh, time. that was well done, uh, Justice. Uh, as far as Marceau, no chance. Not yeah. now. This... It's it's almost you're you're almost boxed in by your own success sure. this season from right. from a Golden Knights adjustment standpoint. Think think about this, okay? How many times did the Golden Knights 
just make wholesale changes to their forward units this year? Uh, not many. Uh, the the game in Colorado obviously right. is is the the only one that comes to mind. Once and they, and they went back and and I don't count it twice when you go back. Uh, the, sure. So it was it was once and two games later they went back. That was the only time. Uh, think about defensive pairings. Once, and they then yeah. they stuck with it with 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 those pairs. Uh, we we saw uh, for the, for the longest time uh, uh, different setup than than what we're witnessing right now with uh, Petrangelo and Martinez. So that that's once. Uh, how many times did Pete DeBoer make a goaltending change in game? Like in game, I mean, take your starting goaltender out and put the other guy in. I'm not talking about in the middle of a like a, a stoppage at the 12 minute mark of the second period. How many times did the starter not finish a game? One time. Once. Yeah. So so now because he's been so patient uh, I think you have to be really careful about what you do to adjust your lineup because of how the players evaluate it. And Pete doesn't need me to tell him this. Uh, he's very aware uh, of it himself. And that's why I think you will see the, a very, very long leash in, in how things go with this hockey club. Now, in-game... That's a different story. He's he's uh, very much uh, adept to making moves and, and shuffling people around. We've seen that a lot from from period, and certainly as the bench gets shorter and the uh, and the time gets lower uh, on the score clock during a game, he changes up his lines and, and will move different people around. But uh, but as far as changing the look of his of his forward units to start a game. Uh, I, I don't think you'll see that at all. Uh, that that's that's my outlook on it. Justice can't get over the barking. <laughs> it, just, it just came out of like a, like an orchestra, just started swelling. Okay, Wallace. Any no. chance? Any chance that there's a 4:46 mail delivery uh, in Pahrump that that happens? It's it's possible. Yeah. 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 Like, who do you think? <laughs> Who do you? Because you Just live. Amazing. You, I love it. You live out there uh, on the homestead, uh-huh. yep. and it's like Little House in the Prairie. We can see people coming for, from from miles away into your mm-hmm. into your uh, uh, homestead, right? Yeah. Like if somebody's going to visit you, you usually can see them coming it, from it, a ways away. The the barking is usually an alert to danger for sure. One hundred percent to danger. Mm-hmm. Do you yep. feel threatened right now? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Like it'll depend on when we take a break and and I go and see who's who's trespassing on my property. So what what will you do during the next commercial break? Give us an idea of how you are going to handle this. Uh, I'm probably going to just take the headphones off. I'm going to walk outside and I'm going to beg the dogs to be quiet. That's what I'm going to do. And and by beg, how do you how would you uh, interpret the begging? Would it be screaming? No. No, I don't scream at my animals. I don't think I've ever heard Ryan scream, and I've sincerely messed up some stuff. So, what's the conversation like with the with the dogs? Hey, can, can be you quiet. guys be quiet? Yeah, I think I know why they bark. No, no, no. Got to be firmer. It usually works. Like I, so Isn't that I mean, a myth? listen. No, it, it's incredibly possible that 
my my wife and kids are outside and they're running around and they're catching shadows and freaking out and thinking that they're home alone. So when I go out there, I will reassure them that they're not alone. I'll say, hey, guys, let's chill out, please. And they'll be like, oh, okay. And then they'll fall asleep and probably eat food. Hmm. I think this is good news because it sounds like your dogs are, are more nervous and upset right now about what's going on in your yard than VGK fans are after losing game one. I think this is a positive thing. We found somebody to be just a little more uptight. Mm, I don't I don't believe that's accurate, but no? okay. Well, can can you videotape when you go out there and, and show it and send it to Justice? Because he's really curious about what's going to happen here because he's loving why, this. Why don't you just post it directly to the Fox Sports Las Vegas feed <laughs> on Twitter? <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, a great series start for Florida and Tampa Bay. What an opener in that set. And we'll look ahead to tonight's schedule, plus bring you some sound from today's media availability for the Vegas Golden Knights. It was an optional practice, but you heard from Alex Tuck. You heard from the likes of Pete DeBoer on Game 1 and what happens in Game 2 tomorrow. This is the VGK Insider Show, barking like a dog on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. The fascinating results so far early on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Washington and the Boston Bruins even at ones early on in game number two. The Capitals winning game one in overtime. Uh, I don't know whether you saw that one on the uh, on Saturday, Ryan, the puck, the winning goal, hit Tuka Rask right in the crest, bounced down off his leg and in. I don't think I've crest. ever seen a puck hit a goaltender right in the middle of the crest and still end up in the net. It was weird. Yeah, one. it's it, it was certainly a weird one. Um, that was an interesting game, a fun game. Alex Ovechkin coming out on the first shift and absolutely Ooh. obliterating everyone in sight, including Nicholas Backstrom. Who's playing goal for Washington in game two? We'll tell you about that story. Plus, you'll hear from Pete DeBoer and Alex Tuck on the opener of the VGK series against the Minnesota Wild. Our number two of the VGK Insider Show is coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Day off between games in this first-round series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. Game two tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena. How about the atmosphere yesterday? Uh, listening to the broadcast team and uh, just raving about uh, the environment uh, at T-Mobile Arena, the fortress, uh, the excitement, the fans, the level of capacity. Uh, that uh, was such a showcase uh, for our city and for the organization uh, to go out there. Now, the goals uh, didn't quite measure up, but one nothing was the decision, one nothing in the series in favor of the Minnesota Wild. We'll get into some uh, comments, some reaction from head coach Pete DeBoer and Alex Tuck, uh, who spoke earlier today uh, regarding the result 
world and uh, how to turn things around and try to make it uh, a victory tomorrow night. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Uh, but before we get into that, can I just make a, a quick mention here? How mm-hmm. cool is it that Gene Simmons did this iron yesterday? Like Gene frickin' Simmons. Did we actually determine it was Gene Simmons? <laughs> yes, it was Gene Simmons. I had a long conversation yeah, at work today with uh, Mike Mangello, uh, who presented him with the sweater. And I'm like, dude, I don't call a lot of people dudes. But I'm like, dude, if Kiss is in the house, I need to know about it. I need to be aware of this thing so I can total Ooh. go fanboy. Uh, oh, were right you sour? Here. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> That was like my dream is to meet those people. Those people, because <laughs> well, they have multiple personalities, my, right? Yes, my, my dream. So, like, so basically, never mind. I was about to make a joke that I don't think I can make on air. I think Gene yep. lives here now. So that's I'd, I'd just, stay away from it, Jared. Just <laughs> wild. Eric Carr was up there. Like, oh man, just that saying, was. Man, uh, if you want to meet some Jews, I that was uh, two shoes. <laughs> that was that Literally was cool. Doing a show with two of them. Why? Yeah, you're literally doing a show with two Jewish dudes right no, now. No, like he's the we demon. We just don't wear makeup. I need to. I wanted Ace Freely. I know he's not with the band anymore, but uh, Peter Chris. Oh, he isn't. But, uh, no. Yeah. Are we? Were you never a Kiss fan growing up? No, not uh, at all. Pretty sure. If if I have Ryan's age group right, which I'm pretty sure I do, they were like on either a reunion tour or they were farewell yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah. farewell tour. Yeah. During his it, birth, listen, I, I like I'm all for the theatrics of Kiss. Like yep. I think that that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, music never connected to it at all. Never. You ever once. you ever go Although, to a concert, a Kiss concert? Uh, I mean, like I've been to concerts. I haven't no, been no. to a Kiss concert. Kiss no. concert um, is one I, of the listen, freakiest things you'll ever go to. Everybody dresses up. Mm, I I I hear you. I do. Um, I I don't I, think I that I would go to. I hear you, and I respect your truth, Darren. <laughs> yeah. I, I think your feelings are valid, but I think they're wrong. Um, that's that's all I'm going to say. All, <laughs> Sorry. You guys are missing out. No, I've seen Alice Cooper like three times. That's good, too. That's really good. I played nine holes of golf with like, Alice Cooper once. Like, I mean, I, like, that's I've, why I I've think it's to... weird that Kiss has a mini golf course here, and Alice Cooper <laughs> is famously a golfer. Listen, the Kiss mini golf is pretty awesome. I'll give them that. Uh, but I mean, like I've I've been to some pretty ridiculous shows. I don't know that a Kiss concert would uh, would be freaky. I guess is the way that I would put it. Brewer and Shipley. Okay, just made a reference that only like my mom got if she's listening. Yeah. Cool. Well, I didn't get it, and I was waiting for Ryan to to jump in there. <laughs> they uh, one run, thing. They, former Vice President Spiro Agnew caused them called them a detriment to society. Oh, then it was good. Then, then that that has to mean good things. It's like, like 1971. Well, pinball was banned in 1970. You weren't allowed to play pinball. It was a forbidden game in New York State because it was considered a game of chance. I brought this up on the show before. Uh, kiss uh, aside, uh, pinball uh, uh, pushed to the uh, to the back burner. You thought we were going to talk about Superman, Ryan? <laughs> one one nothing uh, was the uh, the final for the Minnesota Wild yesterday. Uh, when you look at the game as a whole, uh, did the Golden Knights deserve better? Um, you know, I I I think that Mark Andre Fleury certainly deserved better. Uh, the, the saves that he was making, he, he definitely deserved uh, his his team in front of him to to find a goal. 
Um, I mean, you can look at it that way, I suppose. I, I just I think the Golden Knights did enough to win, but I, I don't think that they were robbed of a win, if that makes sense. Here is Pete DeBoer today. After having some time to think about the result, look at some of the video, and analyze the both the score and the way his team played. Um, well, I, I think our group's been been real good at self evaluation and uh, and resp- response. I think uh, you know that's one of the strengths of our group. They're an honest group, and uh, I think. When we look at that game, um, we could have won, but we didn't play in in my mind, and and I think uh, in theirs when they they reevaluate it, uh, we didn't play well enough for long enough to, to make sure we won that game. So, um, you know, we, we've got to be better tomorrow night. This time of the year, you get some great quotes, some great phrases. Some of them stick. Uh, some of them are just uh, admired, and and they they fade away. Didn't play for long enough, for uh, well enough. Uh, that's uh, that's one of the good ones. I, I I think that we should keep that one around. Pete should put that one into the the repertoire because I enjoy that one. Uh, you get uh, some of these comments in in just literally evaluating how the team played, and and I, I that that's a pretty accurate description of yesterday's uh, performance by the Golden Knights. Yeah, I, I think so, 100%. It was a game in which the Golden Knights had their stretches. They they certainly had a, a really strong first period, and and I think you just you needed to find a way in, in that first period to score one or two goals to kind of set yourself up the rest of the game. They didn't get it, and it was fairly even from the second period on. And you know what, Minnesota, they found their legs. They found their footing. They got some chances, and you know, you're going to have those stretches. So for the Golden Knights, now it's about finding a way to play well enough for long enough to win a hockey game. And everybody is now looking. Alec Martinez back in the lineup. Tomas Nosek returned after missing a number of games. Ryan Reeves missed a, a third of the season down the stretch uh, out with his ailment. Three veteran players were back in the lineup. But Max Pacioretty remains out. Pete DeBoer was asked today about the status of his team's leading goal scorer. This is the coach's response to Max Pacioretty's potential return to the lineup. Well, c- concerned, obviously, because he, he hasn't been in the lineup, uh, you know, for the last five or six games of the regular season, and now he's missed the first playoff game, and, you know, he's your leading goal scorer. So, you know, for sure we have concern like anyone would. Um, uh, I think it's trending in the right direction. I, uh, I'm not... Uh, uh, lying when I say it's day to day, I really feel it like that. But uh, you know, we won't know until uh, tomorrow uh, whether he's in or not. So we watch practices, and we don't see Max Pacioretty. But we didn't see uh, Alec Martinez. We didn't see. Uh, we saw Nosek uh, the day before the game. Like he, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that. Pacioretty does just suddenly appear in the lineup like like Alec Martinez did. How badly do you think they need Max Pacioretty? So I think the Golden Knights can beat the Minnesota Wild without Max Pacioretty in the lineup. But I do think that you need Max Pacioretty back simply because it uplifts your team. It, it gives you something Extra. I think that, that you get a jolt when Alec Martinez returns back to the lineup. You get a jolt when Ryan Reeves returns back to the lineup. Should the Golden Knights be able to insert their top scorer, goal scorer, 
back into the lineup, I think that that gives you a jolt, and that's something that you you certainly can can rally around. You you spoke uh, earlier today about emotion. That's something that can certainly get the emotion going for the Golden Knights should Max Pacioretty find himself back in the lineup. This organization has been afforded the luxury to be very patient with injured players uh, because of where they were in the standings. You, you want yeah. that playoff spot, and then everything else is uh, not a bonus, but you, you evaluate the pros and cons of, of putting somebody in the lineup sooner or taking your time uh, based on where you are. Uh, is game two that time where you push up the timeline? If, if, if you're right on the fence, is game two the time or is it one more, uh, one more day, one more game? Well, for me, like I, I want Max Pacioretty as close to 100% as possible. So like, if we're talking about an extra game off gets him closer to that and he's more effective back in the lineup, then I, I think that you want to try to be as patient as possible. But you know, you, you look at a situation right now where if you lose tomorrow, you're 0-2 in the series. Yeah. That's, that's a, a big, big hole. Had the Golden Knights won Sunday... I think it allows you to be a bit more patient because the go- the game didn't go your way. I, I think that if if you've got an eighty five percent or an eighty percent max patch ready, and he can physically go through a game and play, then I think that that pushes the timeline line up, and I, I think you look to get him in sooner than later. I agree with you, uh, right there, eighty percent and up. Uh, I play max patch ready. This is where I would never want to be uh, a team doctor, a trainer, a coach. Uh, the player, I don't mind. Uh, I'd be that. But trying to decide when is the right time to push a player who's not 100%. And the player, I would think, would always want to play. Now, where are you uh, from a need to get that athlete in the lineup for the uh, result? And you're right. Going down 0-2 on the road is is a very, very challenging position. Uh I would lean towards putting him in the lineup tomorrow night. It'll be fascinating to watch uh, the team skate out and see, is everybody back out there that played yesterday? No setbacks. And then Max Pacioretty, is he in the lineup? Is he ready to go? Is he ready to uh, assume his spot on that top line? Um, that is where uh, where we'll be watching tomorrow night. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, this VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, goaltending. Were, were we surprised at all yesterday with the with the starting assignment uh, by Pete DeBoer to go with Marc-Andre Fleury? Was that a situation where everybody looked down and said, I expected Robin Leonard to go? I expected Marc Andre Fleury to go. Uh, it it was the decision that we expected on this program. The decision that we thought would happen, based on the body of work during the course of the season, the way that uh, Marc Andre Fleury performed down the stretch when they got into a rotation, the way this team was able to battle for one of their teammates and to be able to go game by game. Uh, and, and trying to win and, and put Marc-Andre Fleury in the map for the, the Vesna Trophy. Uh, I, would, I was not surprised. Now, would I have been shocked had they gone the other way? Probably not, but I was 
happy with that decision. The, the big question is, this organization has made a big statement about having the depth and goal and mm-hmm. using it to your advantage. What do you do in game two? How do you approach that? So for me, right, I, I've been a very big proponent of continuing with the rotation because I feel like the rotation makes the most sense. You've got two goaltenders. You know that you you can go back and forth between the two, and they're going to give you this the very, very solid goaltending. When I looked at what Marc-Andre Fleury was able to do in game one, immediately I want to jump off of that and say, you know what, <laughs> Marc-Andre was phenomenal. It, I, I think the Golden Knights – are, are not in overtime. They're not in a position to win the game in that state without so Marc-Andre Fleury in that, in that role playing that game as Jared cannot handle himself. Uh, no, it's I, just funny. Like, I think I, when I saw something good, I immediately changed my mind. Like, yeah, of that's, course, man. Listen, that's 100% why I am not an NHL coach. That is 100% why I am not the one making these decisions. But that being said, I don't know how you look at that performance from Marc-Andre Fleury and, and go, to, go to Robin Leonard. Like, I, just, I don't know how you do it. He was phenomenal. He was the best player on the ice for the Golden Knights, hands down. So you would or you wouldn't? Oh, I, I'd play Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, I'd, okay. I'd completely abandon my entire stance of rotating the goalies. So a performance makes you in one game, the first game mm-hmm. makes yep. you alter your plan. Oh, one hundred percent. Because I'm emotional and I can do that. Hmm. What Where do you think you? Pete DeBoer does? I I I don't know. I I feel like if. If the plan coming in was to rotate, then I think Robin Leonard will play tomorrow. If the plan coming in was we'll go in, in, in kind of the same way that we, we approach the bubble where we've got a guy that's going to play the majority of games and we're going to spot in the backup or the, the, the second guy when we need him, then I think Marc-Andre Fleury goes. But I, I don't think that Pete is going to do what I did and just abandon his plan after one game. What do you expect Pete to do? I expect Mark Andre Fleury to play tomorrow. Really? Yes, I do. Hmm. I anticipate a rotation. Yeah. What if one gets all the home games and the other one gets all the away games? That would be interesting because the last time into Minnesota, Robin Leonard had one of those games. The only the only time he's had one of those games. So well, giving I mean, him the two road games. Well, I, I, I in any other time, I, I think your theory would fit. Theory. Let's not even give it that much credence. <laughs> but, but I don't. I was trying to think of the stupidest thing I could possibly say. I, no, no, I what, no. I, what I, if? <laughs> here, here's the thing about about going to uh, I Robin Leonard. Put Malcolm Subban in as a closer for shootouts. <laughs> That's happened before. Oh my so, god! So don't uh, don't even uh, think that you're original on that one. It's, <laughs> it's unusual. It's unusual, but it has happened before. Uh, if if you if you go to Robin Leonard, are you thinking yourself like it's it's strange? But the 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 brilliance of Robin Leonard, coupled with the loss, makes it even more intriguing uh, of a decision on the starting goaltender tomorrow night. One hundred percent. And again, I, I don't know that that what whatever happens tomorrow, like whichever goaltender comes out and plays tomorrow night, 
my guess is it's not in relation to what happened in game one. Like, mm-hmm. I think if it's Mark Andre Fleury, then that was going to be in the plan. And if it's Robin Leonard, that was going to be in the plan. Like, it, it, I look at Pete DeBoer and, and really in making these decisions, I think that that one game or one performance is going to to change what the plan was going in. For me, it certainly can and it will and it does because I'm impulsive like that. But I, I don't get the sense that whatever happens tomorrow for the Golden Knights is going to be a break from what the plan was. I think Pete DeBoer comes into this knowing exactly what he's going to do. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think it was uh, scripted. Uh, he may not have known who was going to start game one, but I believe he knew what he was going to do after that, just based on who was going to start game one, whether it was continue on with the same goaltender or he was going to rotate and he would go to uh, to the other direction. But uh, it, it does bring up uh, an intriguing situation. If you go with Ro- Robin Leonard tomorrow night, then it's a rotation the rest of the way. If you go with Marc-Andre Fleury tomorrow night and he wins then Flurry's the guy for the rest of the series, and you reevaluate right. after after the set. But uh, we'll watch, uh, and and that'll be the one easiest one to uh, to handle. I I love the tweets. I'm usually on the air when the team comes out for warm up, but I'll look down, mm-hmm. go through Twitter after the show, and all like so many of the tweets are all about who led the team out uh, for the pregame warm up, and and it's it is justifiably <laughs> so. Tomorrow night we'll receive uh, so much of of the focus right there with Max Pacioretty. Uh, we're going to take a break, but before we do that, uh, Ryan, would you like to qualify somebody right now? I live for this, Darren. I yes. don't know about you, but I do. Caller numbers, Jerry, we got two, right? Is that correct? Yes, we do. Okay. Confirmed. Callers number <laughs> eight and nine. I want caller number eight and nine. You will win a Golden Knights hat, a two-foot port subs and you'll qualify to win a pair of tickets to Game 2 Tuesday night. That's tomorrow what? as the Golden Knights play the Minnesota Wild. 702-876-1340 is the number. That's caller number 8 and 9. You'll qualify for a chance to win tickets to Game 2 tomorrow night thanks to Portisubs. We have some big boy hockey happening between Boston and Washington. We'll update you on that, plus uh, one more clip uh, from today's availability, that involving Alex Tuck, as we continue on hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the VGK Insider Show. Blocks in your wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Sarah and Richard won. Congratulations to Sarah and Richard qualifying for the opportunity to go to tomorrow night's game two between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wilds. We just give and we give and we give and we give on this show. I forgot that I hate this bed. I'm going to go find it's the, something it's the, different. It's the only show that gives and gives and gives and gives. Everybody else, they could shows, but they don't exactly give and give, give the way we do. Now Justice, like Justice does one show every three months, and he comes in and he wants to change everything. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this during the commercial break. Uh-huh. We are like grade six kids. When, when somebody's away, we just trash them and talk about them. And 
like bring oh, up on. different no, things. No, we don't. Yes, we do. I know. I know we do. Exactly what we do. And it doesn't matter. If, if it's Ryan it. away, then Chapman and I, all we do is talk about Ryan. Mm-hmm. I never take a day off. So that's, and, and the, it's not because I'm hardworking. It's because I don't <laughs> want you guys talking about me. That's the only reason why why I'm here day after day. Because if I do take the day off. He also you, used it, all his vacation already. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so let's get into uh, a little bit. We got Alex Tuck uh, on today's media availability, uh, from today's media availability, uh, in just a little bit. And we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, right out of the gate, uh, Washington and Boston. 2-2 after the first period. Uh, like if you if if you're really concerned uh, after one game being down one nothing with the Vegas Golden Knights side of it, where do you think the Boston Bruins thoughts are after four periods of hockey, five periods of hockey if you count the overtime, and and not being able to break through against the Washington Capitals who have a 39 year old in net. Yeah, I mean, it's threat-level midnight right now for the Boston Bruins, for sure. Like, this is a team that needs to win tonight because, um, well, well, granted, they'll be going home for games three and four. I, I do think that the way Boston was playing to end the season, the way that the, the Washington Capitals were playing to end the season, uh, it was coming up more and more like it was going to be a Boston series victory. And right now the Washington Capitals are, are the better team. So for the Bruins, it's all about trying to generate more offense. Uh, they were able to score twice in the first period. That's a good thing. But uh, can't keep the puck out of their net, which is strange because they've got the goalie matchup in Tuka Rask over Craig Anderson. So um, Bruins need to win tonight. That's, were you that's surprised kind of it. that Anderson went back in uh, instead of Phoenix Copley, who's played a little bit more? Um. Not, not really. Um, I, like I thought, Anderson was perfectly fine in in getting back into into the net uh, in game one, and and I think that you, you kind of know what you've got in that goaltender. Yes, he's he's older and hasn't played a ton, but I I do think that there's something to the playoff success that Craig Anderson has had throughout his career, and try to milk that for all it's worth before you've got to make another change in goal. There's something weird going on there. I, I just, you know, it with the goaltending, I, I, yeah. I realize uh, the, the injury uh, puts you in this predicament, but that yeah. they they didn't go uh, the other way uh, for game number two. I'm I'm surprised at that. Yeah, I I don't really know what's going on with the Washington Capitals. Like I I kind of pointed to not really knowing who was going to be their goaltender and not really knowing what that landscape looked like, as well as just some other things to why I thought Washington wasn't really going to to show well in the playoffs. And uh, it, uh, it's been furthest from the truth. Like, they, they've been solid through the first four periods of hockey. Remember, this was a team that started the season with Henrik Lundqvist. And, yes. and, and so the, the oh. fact that we're in this situation now... Is just continuing on of the great adventure of the Washington Capitals uh, in goal for the 2021 campaign. Uh, Henderson Silver Knights will open up the uh, the playoffs for the Pacific Division on May 21st. That's uh, been announced. Uh, they will play the play-in winner. So four will play seven, five will play six in in uh, a playdown, and then the winner of those two uh, matchups will face off to face 
the Henderson Silver Knights. So uh, a team's going to have to get on quite a roll just to face the Henderson Silver Knights. But the uh, the best of three semifinal series for the Pacific Division will be played at Orleans Arena on May 21st. That's a Friday, May 23rd, which is a Sunday. 7 o'clock or 1 o'clock starts there. And then the uh, third game, if necessary, will be staged on the Monday. So uh, an update on that front. Uh, the other series that uh, is going on right now, along with the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins, tied at two after one, is the Carolina Hurricanes and the Nashville what, Predators. What is going on? It's a heck of an athlete in Alex Nedeljkovic. <laughs> he so just the, climb over two players? Yeah. He, he 100% did. It's the NASCAR <laughs> series. It is the NASCAR series. Good did you hear that somewhere, or are you just make that up? I, no, no. The the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account had had a great graphic earlier today that just said "Start your engines," and it had both Nashville and Carolina, but it was NASCAR, and it was fantastic. That is good. Oh yeah, it's really good. How can we dress that up? What can we do to dress up that uh, series a little bit more to be more NASCAR-y? Uh Less I, less teeth. <laughs> well, hockey's got that covered. No, I'm saying less. Well, hockey players have less teeth. Even less teeth? Yeah. Fewer teeth than they already have, right. that they don't have? Hmm. Uh, Nedeljkovic starts in goal for the <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> I lay traps for Darren, and he just goes, moving on! Moving on. Steps right over him. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Well, he is well, a some, I, don't tr- I, I do not trust Jared Justice. <laughs> In the sense of... In what way have I ever shown you that you should? No, because I think Justice would put his own employment in peril to, to sewer me. Like He wouldn't care if, if he took me down but lost his own job at the same time. He'd be like, that was fun. Let's Listen. do that again. So I don't, Jared, trust, I don't trust him. Uh, so I just like take a left turn every now and then. Jared is a man of principle. So you're probably right. Yes. No, it's that I know that they won't fire me because I'm the only one that knows how to turn on certain things in the building. So all they're doing is going to get rid of Darren. That's that's probably closer to the truth than we'd all like to to admit, uh, which is is saying something. Uh, So Nedeljkovic starts for Carolina. That's a little unique. um, I I mean, he's been really good for him this year, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I think that when you're the Carolina Hurricanes and... You know, this is not to not in in terms of disrespect to Peter Morazic, but like if you've got a guy, a young guy, and Alex Nadelkovich, of course, I'm going to screw that one up. Um, that has been very good, and you just kind of want to see what you got. I, I think that it changes things up a little bit in goal, and he's been fantastic. And I I think you can kind of ride that, and you know, rookie goalies in the Carolina Hurricanes and Stanley Cups that seems to go hand in hand. You're right about that, and it uh, yes. it has paid dividends in the past. You're thinking about Cam Ward, are you? Is that is that yes, where you're I going? Yes, I am. All right. Yes, I am. Uh, Cam Ward, much easier to spit out than Alex Nedeljkovic. <laughs> I'll I'll get Nedeljkovic. No, no, See it's it's, it's it. not even you. Yeah. I, I I don't know whether it was on this show or a, a different conversation where it, it was a long time before I could look at that name and say <laughs> Nedeljkovic. I could say Nedeljkovic on its own. But looking yes. at the name, I would just panic and say Alex uh, on, on that side of it. But uh, it's uh, it's goalless in that one uh, between Carolina and Nashville. 
I think Nashville can give a push there. You know, they've had some jump early in the game. They uh, they were really, really good with the within the first three to five minutes in controlling play. Carolina's gotten their legs over the last little stretch, so uh, I think this is going to be a better series than maybe I initially anticipated it was going to be. Um, and I'm okay for I'm okay with that. Like I'm I'm ready to lean into the NASCAR series. I'm curious to see how Carolina does as a favorite. Much different yeah. than yeah. Uh, than the last couple of years where they were the underdog and the like scrappy chippy team that just trying to claw your way into into a situation where you can have some success. They're in number one seed. Uh, some expectations on this team. Well, I'll tell you this: if they could hit the net, they'd probably be probably be doing a lot better like they're just they're missing a lot of shots right now in this game uh congratulations to my good friend Haley wickenheiser or or should i say dr Haley wickenheiser uh who uh got her wings the other day and uh, is now uh, an md and she's a uh, former olympian a summer olympian and a winter olympian uh member uh of the uh, hockey hall of fame uh hasn't gone through the uh, official induction ceremony yet because uh i believe covid uh pushed that back but uh this is uh this is interesting too uh, a couple of days after she got uh her uh, uh license as a doctor she was promoted a senior director of player development for the toronto maple leafs huh how about that one so, so that's great she was uh she was assistant director of player development uh since 2018 uh working with uh, toronto pros- uh, prospects at all levels and now she's uh uh, now she's going to be a senior director of player development. Will also uh, starting her career as a doctor. I I don't know how she finds the time, but mm-hmm. that is stellar time management and a heck of an accomplishment. That's awesome. Four-time Olympic women's gold medalist, 2002, 06, 10, and 14. Crazy. Yeah, such an underachiever. What do you guys <laughs> talk about? Uh, usually hockey. You don't oh, feel like you're. You don't feel like you're a little underqualified to talk to her about that. Well, just I, literally anything. Yeah, about anything. I, I do a lot of listening. How about that? Ooh. Uh, that's no. That was he. He just won this exchange. The do you uh, do you want a score update? Sure. One nothing Nashville. Oh oh. Kind of Philip saw that Forsberg. coming with a little bit of pressure. Watching a cell yeah. phone commercial. Philip Forsberg. Okay, uh, I I think that 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 series could be uh, closer than uh, than a one four traditionally is. Vladimir Tarasenko will return to the lineup for the St. Louis Blues when they face the Avalanche tonight. Uh, he practiced Saturday and Sunday, so that uh, does that change anything for you when it comes to uh, what the Blues have to offer against the Avalanche? Well, it would mean a lot more if David Perron was mm-hmm. available for the St. Louis Blues, but he is is not in COVID protocol. So um, getting Vladimir Tarasenko back is certainly good news for St. Louis, but uh, you're, you're going to need your point-a-game guy and David Perron back in the lineup too at some point. Uh, Blues lost three players to COVID protocol. Perron, Nathan Walker, and Jake Wallman. Uh, all out, and there were some concerns behind the scenes that it might be one of those Vancouver uh, situations uh, where oh. you had uh, the spread throughout the lineup, and you may have to push the series back. But it looks like 
everything is okay. And uh, minus uh, a couple of players not being available, but they're going to be able to start the series uh, on time. Uh, Nathan McKinnon also back for the Colorado Avalanche. And that uh, that will have, uh, dare I say, a little bit more of an impact uh, than Vladimir Tarasenko, who still hasn't quite returned to form after missing so much time. Yeah, for sure. Nathan McKinnon is the best player in that series, so getting him back into the lineup for the Colorado Avalanche is certainly advantage Colorado, and that's a team that's incredibly deep and very, very talented. So, um, you know, McKinnon, it'll be interesting to see kind of how close to 100% he is, but even an 85% Nathan McKinnon is better than the option that you'd have in the lineup to replace him. How physical do you think that series will be? Well, if the Blues want to win it, it's got to be really physical, right? Like, if if the Blues are going to try to slow down the Avalanche, they're going to have to do it with physicality. Like Olivia Newton-John level physical? Yes. Love that reference. Love yes. that reference. Ryan, do you ever see that one? Do you know did what I, did I, I know, see do, that, that video? Is it good, that. that song? Pretty. Oh, it's 1-1. One, one. Oh, See, you're yeah. focused on weight. Every like, time the total, I look down, this the total is... wrong thing. Yeah, we're, we're in commercial. I, I'm here. focused. I'm focused on the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm focused on hockey. It's we a got, hockey show. We got. We're we talking got, about Olivia Newton-John, and I'm I'm focused on the wrong thing. <laughs> I thought he almost. I thought he was about to curse. Sandra D. Come on. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I know. I've seen Greece. Come on. Uh, who scored for the uh, for the Hurricanes? Um. It's a tip Mr. in Smarty front, Pants. and it's Tara Vinen. Oh, Tara Vinen. Beautiful tip, too. Yeah. They can score more than a lot of people will give them credit for. Carolina. They, yeah. And, and uh, waves and skill. Uh, I, love, uh, I love it. What do you think of the first go-around of Tampa Bay and Florida last night? Oh, so good. I'm so excited for this series. It was fantastic. Like, you've got Nikita Kucherov, who just comes in and hasn't played all year, because, you know, injuries and salary cap and all that. And then all of a sudden comes into the game, scores two goals, was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's a great heel turn for Nikita Kucherov and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that that's starting to, to happen. And I think you're going to get a lot more people pulling for Florida because of the fact that Tampa's too good and added great players at the end of the season. Uh, do you feel like there's a chip on the shoulder of the Florida Panthers? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. And you know what? Like, I think that's great. I think that they need to play with that. Certainly having Sam Bennett out of the lineup for game two because of a suspension is, is not ideal for Florida. But you know what? I, I, I like the Florida Panthers in this series. I think they're going to have a strong, strong answer and a strong pushback. And that game was off the chart bananas. It was awesome. What did you think of the suspension? Um, I, I mean, listen, I, I think in that game, there were a lot of different plays that probably warranted a, a second a second look. I, I don't think that it should have been a suspension, but I mean, at the same time, I, I, I guess if you want to try to maybe cool the tempers on that series a little bit, that's, that's going to go a long way to policing it. He came from a long ways away. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But I, I, again, I, I think that, you know, in that game, the, they were letting them play and they were letting them play hard. He doesn't, he didn't take like hard strides in to make yeah. the hit, but he yeah. came from such a long way away uh, and, and then right into the numbers. He's been huge 
for Florida since he came over from the Calgary Flames at the deadline. I, I think that uh, that could knock Florida off stride. Uh, the, the back and forth of game number one was was fascinating and bizarre. They, the only thing they didn't accomplish was was to go to overtime for the fourth straight game to start the playoffs. I know, I know. I was a little bummed about. Were you that. were you bummed? Yeah, I was bummed because I just felt like that game deserved overtime. But I mean, the play from McDonough was fantastic. So. Um, the the level of hockey in the game was great. The level of hatred in the game was fascinating. Um, I, I mean, I'm here for that series every single time. So how about this series between Montreal and Toronto? First time since 1979 that the two original six franchises will face off. Freddie Anderson spent a couple of games in the American Hockey League playing for the Toronto Marlies last week, yep. trying to get his game in gear. Uh, coming off an injury. And yep. tonight, Carey Price is playing for the Laval Rocket of the American Hockey League, trying to get uh, his game uh, in gear, uh, shaking off some rust, uh, coming off the concussion. Uh, he's not alone. Brendan Gallagher also playing in the American Hockey League. What a, a luxury. And we, we've witnessed it uh, with the with the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights uh, this year and being able to shuffle players back and forth. But having your American League team in the same market this is this is is great, but Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher playing an American Hockey League game uh, a couple of days before the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, that's that's a stretch. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, it's interesting that the American Hockey League game is now kind of a tune-up for the playoffs yeah. for the uh, for the North Division, but. You know, that all being said, I, I think you get Carey Price back, and especially if you get Brendan Gallagher back for the playoffs, that's huge for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I'm looking forward to Toronto-Montreal. I really, really am. I don't know what Toronto's doing in net in terms I of do. if it's... You I do? do. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell's oh. going to start game number one. Good. Good. I think that's the right decision. I really do. Well, Anderson hasn't... He missed 24 of the final 25 games. Yes. Uh so that uh, that might make the decision easier. Although when your guy's the number one guy, like Carey Price, could miss seventy of seventy-two, <laughs> and he would still start, and yes. he he would still go. But Jack Campbell's numbers are outstanding. Numbers probably better than than the con- a little more inconsistent than the numbers would reflect. But yeah, yeah uh, I, I, players used to do anything they could not to play in a minor league game. <laughs> and this is this is this is different. This is pretty cool. Uh, I like what they're doing there. We have to take a break. About thirty seconds. Yeah, we should no, probably right. take a break. I guess uh, I guess we'll take a break. Uh, those are your one timers for this Monday, May, on oh, Fox good Sports. God, he still does that. All right, Las cool. Vegas. <laughs> Matter of will more than anything else. Um, obviously, at times we were in front of the net and. Uh, we didn't get pucks through and we got pucks through and we weren't in front of the net. You saw way too many pucks last night and um, we made it really easy on Talbot. Uh, he had a good game, but we have to be better on those areas and uh, we have to try to get a lot more opportunities in those areas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Will and emotion. That's what I'm looking for tomorrow night. Uh, We'll tee it up for you. Four to six tomorrow from T-Mobile Arena, the BGK Insider Show, taking you right up and into 
the pregame show on the VGK Radio Network and Fox Sports Las Vegas with Ryan Wallace. Game two, Vegas trying to tie the series at one win apiece. This is the moment where we usually turn things over to Chris Chapman for catching up with Chapman. But uh, in this case, with Chapman out and about and us uh, having the ability to talk about him behind his back. Well, he's probably listening, so I don't know whether that counts behind his back. Ooh, but, he sounds uh, obsessed. Let's slide it over to, uh, to Jared Justice. I'm just dancing and having a good time because I yeah. want to party all the time. It's beautiful. When was well the last done, time buddy. you went clubbing? Um, what, mm, I, <laughs> I shouldn't answer that. <laughs> Why? Like this afternoon? No, no, no. I'm not that bad. But no, I mean like um, the there definitely it definitely there was a lockdown going on. So? <laughs> I mean, so like. Like you went out, you went out and uh, to a, an establishment. Was it an underground establishment? I, I, Jared, I plead, plead the fifth, buddy. Come on. Based he, on advice from my lawyer, Sam and or Ash, <laughs> I have decided to not incriminate. So you were active during the pandemic. Based on advice from my lawyer, Sam and or Ash, I will not self-incriminate. More than five times or less than five times? No, it was once. Just once? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the big deal then? It still was a stupid idea that I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Did I you was... go by yourself? No, it was with a big group of people that it was like, in, like, <laughs> like it was literally the definition of me go like afterwards I went, well, that was stupid. Yeah. Were you nervous a few days after? Mm, no, not really. I mean, were you I, nervous? Were you nervous? I didn't like, take my mask there? off. Yes, okay. but there were other people yeah. who did, and I was like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> as, as you sit there and shake your booty. Hey, alcohol is a dis disinfectant. <laughs> if I replace my blood with it, how could I get a virus? So, but you haven't been out since things relaxed? I mean, I haven't been to a club. You specifically asked to about yeah, a club. club. Like, I'll go have, like, like Shabbat or something. Like, I'll go have, like, a special dinner or something. Mm-hmm. Wallace, when was the last time you went out to a bar? The Obama? Went out to a bar? I was at Bar Canada the other well, day. Not, uh, not, yeah, but that doesn't. Like, you're working there. I'm, I'm talking for yeah, entertainment no, purposes. I, I don't. We've I don't go to bars. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't go. I don't go do social things. We've talked to him uh, about this. I'm pretty sure we determined it last time. It was the Obama administration was the last time you were in a bar <laughs> willingly, and it was like. <laughs> but but if you bring him to a bar, he can hang. Like he that's can, his thing. Oh, he, yeah. can, he can hang. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just that he's like, why would I? I I, I like my wife and family, and I have yeah, goats. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, listen, <laughs> which if is you get if you get me there, it's a fun time for everybody, and like I'm I'm gonna be good. It's, but it's getting about of the damn if, house. If you if you give me the option, or you like leave me an out to not go, I'm not gonna go. Why? I just I I, I don't need it. That's not his. That's not his. It's just you know, not my scene. Yeah. Which. Yeah. That's like, so, it's sort of like, like right, if you're so if you're down like if you're down for karaoke I'm like I'm down to go I'll go to a karaoke bar all day oh, long. Oh, don't but say like, that. Just, we've heard him sing. I know it's bad, uh, but like you know, listen. If if you just like kind of want to hang out at a bar, I'd I'd, just, I'd rather drink some beers with buddies at home. That's just hmm. kind of where I'm at. Let's yeah. go karaoke one night. Justice, you in? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. The problem is, is uh, you, my the guy I'm filling in for. You know, he's stealing the show. Karaoke wise? No, no, no. I'm I'm better. I'm better. Than I'm not him. saying Come that on. you're better. I'm saying that there's a there's a level of persistence. No, we're not inviting him. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a three man wolf pack right here. <laughs>
where, where, like, when did he, when did he ever get invited? <laughs> I mean, I, if if I know that man at all, doesn't matter if you invite him, he's showing up. He's showing up in the chapstang. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Big game tomorrow. Big big game. Trying to tie up the series at one. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we have it for you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the VGK Insider Show. Looking forward to it on Tuesday.